Welcome to the Sports Card Lessons Podcast with your host, Big Ken, a retired teacher bringing you lessons each week he's learned in the hobby by taking you behind the table and inside the mind of a dealer and a collector. Sit back and relax. There won't be a test. The only thing being graded here is the cards. Welcome to the Sports Card Lessons Podcast. I'm your host, Big Ken. Whether you're watching on YouTube or listening on a streaming service, please like, subscribe, and hit that notification bell so you'll be notified whenever I drop any new content. Welcome and thanks for being here. Feels like it's been a while since it's just been us. Uh, shout out to Rob, sports card therapist, for back-to-back episodes. Uh, as talked about on the last episode, we'll start dropping a joint episode every two weeks. So I'm excited about that and definitely looking forward to it. Uh, If you haven't seen the flyer yet for trade night at the national, uh, go to my IG account, sports card underscore lessons there. You'll see the uh, flyer there um, Friday night at national July 28th, six to nine at the crown plaza directly across the street from the convention center. Cash Bar, DJ, this will be an absolute must attend if you're at National. Mark your calendars. It is going to be a great time. Also, if you don't follow the Wolfpack content, the Wolfpack content, what underscores between the two, you'll get information there as well and any updated information there. And also, uh, there's seven of us dropping content every week. It drops on Wednesday. Uh, we take turns uh, matching up each week, and it's just great content. So if you're looking to add some more content, definitely go check that out. Uh, I went to a local card show this past weekend in Plainville, Connecticut. Uh, doors opened at 9. I got there just before 10. The place was packed. I struggled to find a place to park. Uh, I struggled to, to get up to a table just to look into the cases at a table. Uh, and that inspired today's episode, dealer or attendee. I realized over the last few shows I've attended, I'm better suited as a dealer than an attendee at a show. And I wonder how many people will agree with me and how many of you never thought about even being a dealer. And if it wasn't for being a dealer first, and my experience working in a prison for 30 years, uh, because of the crowds, I probably would never attend uh, card shows. I've realized over, I'm going to say the past few shows, but probably uh, since July of last year, uh, that I'm better suited as a dealer than an attendee at card shows. I first realized this at National last year in Atlantic City. Um, I arrived, uh, you know, Wednesday, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday is set up for National. uh, And Wednesday, the doors open at 4 p.m. So it's like a sneak peek, early preview, whatever they call it. It's, uh, you know, it runs from 4 to 7 on Wednesday. So I arrived in Atlantic City last year on the Wednesday, got set up. I got there in the morning. Um, I think doors opened at like 11, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, something like that. So by noon, I, I had my, my, everything was already set up. Um, 
So I had about four hours, right, to go walk around uh, the show, really look at the show. And, you know, what a difference it makes that I saw in reverse when the doors were open and the people are there that, you know, uh, when you're there, when everybody's just set up, I mean, you can see how far it is both ways and what's going on. But when that room becomes crowded with people, it's just like a sea of people that, you know, you really have no idea how massive the room is with so many people in there. But um, it probably took me about four hours to walk the show. And this is with nobody around, right? This is with you're walking up the tables and if dealers are already set up, they're just kind of hanging out, talking. And there's people like myself just walking around and you really get that one-on-one time with dealers. And my plan um, last year, I shared uh, the table with sports card therapists. And, and my plan was I was going to man the table Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, he had it Saturday with Amel and Sunday, somebody else had taken the table. Um, so that worked for me, right? I set up, I'm, I'm at the table and I set up, but on that Saturday when I was my day to go walk around where I said, okay, now I'm going to go walk the show. Um, it, it was insane with people. And of course, Saturday is like the biggest day of, of, of any show, really any weekend show Saturday is the biggest day, but especially national. Right. And I found myself just kept circling back to our square, you know, coming in the back and just getting behind and really just, just getting shelter right away from all the people. Um, and ever since that show, I've just realized that, you know, I, it's not that I, I, I guess I don't do well with crowds too, right? Maybe I should just throw, throw that out there. I never really found myself not to do well with crowds. Um, and I don't mind being in crowded areas, but not if I'm trying to get up, um, and see a table, like try to get up and push through people and things like that. Um, it's a lot for me. It's a, it's a lot. And to have people like up against you and they're, you know, over your shoulder. And that's what these, these shows are becoming now, right? Because they, they, during the pandemic or right after the pandemic, they were very crowded and then the shows had slowed down. But now I, like, I think they're bigger. I think the shows are, are, are even more crowded now than they were, uh, right after the pandemic. And I know that's hard to believe, but I've watched it go from busy to slow to, I'm going to say even busier now. And I'm not saying that, that, um, people are, you know, all those people are spending money. I'm just saying all these people are at the show. There's a lot more people at the shows. And I think the, the collectors, the attendees, the people purchasing, I think we've all been a little bit more educated. I think the frenzy after after the uh, pandemic, the buying frenzy that went on and people found themselves, you know, holding things that weren't worth what they paid for them. I think it's made us uh, smarter collectors, too. And, and, you know, as we're buying things, we're we're double and triple checking and then we're trying to make a better educated decision. If, if, if this is what, what we want to buy. Right. But, but getting back, you know, just, just to the crowds itself. Um, 
I could probably blame it. <laughs> I say blame it, right? I could probably blame it on prison, right? The way I react in the crowds and, and you know, after 30 years in, in prison, you know, when you're in an area that's loud and crowded, you don't want anybody touching you. And that's, that's just a thing. Nobody, nobody touches you. Nobody comes near you in prison because if they do, then, you know, there's, there's an issue, there's a problem, right? So, um, and you're, you're always on high alert, you know, where people are and what they're doing. And, and, you know, when you're at these shows too, because of my prison background, I'm always like, okay, my money's locked here. My case is locked. You know, I'm always like, think like, I, I, nobody's ever tried to rip me off at a show, you know, or try to steal anything from me, but that it's that mindset that once it's in there, you, you never get rid of it. You never shed it. It's always there. Um, so I kind of like my personal space. So that's why I think I have a tough time being at these crowded shows and getting up to tables. And and even when you get up to a table, um, it's difficult to talk to, you know, to try to try to negotiate because the more crowded it is, the less, less of a deal you're going to get. I think, you know, because I find myself doing the same thing when people are, you know, somebody says, Hey, how much for that? I'm afraid to say how much for that. I'm like, like waiting for people like to kind of go away to say, you know, what do you want? Because as soon as you bring attention to something, everybody wants to see it. And I watched this happen, you know, last, last weekend when I was at the show that, um, I was looking at a card. It got a little quiet. And I said, hey, how much for this card? And he said, oh, you know. And before you know it, the guy, is, the guy next to me is like, oh, will you take plot? Like all of a sudden, I'm asking about this card. And this guy over here is offering him, you know, like like he was talking to him and not me. So I think it's tougher to get a good deal, too, on that side of the table, right, as an attendee. Um so since national, you know, all the shows that I've set up at, um, all, all, I should say all the shows I've gone to, I've set up at. So I really hadn't had to put up, you know, felt that uncomfortableness, you know, because I'm on my side of the table. Um, even the smaller shows, um, that I go to now are getting busy. So, you know, I know there's a show next weekend and after leaving this show, I've been busy and, and a couple of the shows before that have been really busy. I reached out where I would have normally just walked that show next week. I reached out to the promoter and I said, Hey, you have any tables? I let's just grab a table next week. And he's like, yeah, let me, let me find out. I'll get back to you. And I'm here's a, here's a show that I, I could always get a table. All I had to do is make a phone call and I had to wait for him to get back to me to say, yeah, yeah, I can squeeze you in. So even this show that hasn't been the busiest show right now, all of a sudden there's, uh, you know, dealer that, you know, to get a table as a dealer, it's they're they're selling out too. So it just shows kind of where, where the hobby is going to, which is exciting. Um, I talked about getting out to shows that I've never attended before. Um, few episodes ago and talked about going to Philly. Um, and at Philly, it brought that whole, that's where it kind of brought it back. It wasn't even this past weekend. It was in Philly, um, that it was so busy there, you know, so you were able to get in. So here, and here's the whole thing about, you know, we talked, I, we talked with Rob about, it. I'm not going to recap a lot of that, but you know, when, when, 
we went to this show. We knew somebody. We said, hey, can you get us in? Can you get a dealer badge? Can you get us in? Uh, and we were able to get in early, which is great. Absolutely great. But on a Saturday, on a Saturday, when you get there early, and even when I'm setting up as a dealer, because this is what we what we do, right? We go to a show, we get there early, we set up, and then we're out going around and we're looking to see what other people have. Do deals get done? Yes. Are they good deals? Are they great deals? I don't know. I, I've never really made a great deal early in a Saturday morning because I, I know dealers are firm. I'm firm. Right. The day hasn't even started yet. Right. The show hasn't even started yet. And I've got a card for a thousand dollars and you're trying to get it for eight hundred and the comps are, say, eight seventy five. I'm probably going to say no. At this point, I'll do nine on it. Right. If you really want it, I'll do nine on it right now. But if it's in my case at the end of the day and you come back, you know, we can work on something. And I think most dealers feel the same way. Um, so it's good. You get out, you get out, get out and you can scout around and get that one-on-one -on -one time with dealers and know what you like. But when you're set up there, you're there all day anyways, right? So at the end of the day, you can go back and circle back around, see what people have left. And, you know, if something, and I've talked about this, if something is for your PC, do you really care if it's a, if it costs you an extra 20 or 50 or a hundred dollars for the more, like I know, Myself, no. And a lot of people I talk to, no. Some people, yes. Some people are like, you know what? Even though it's going to my PC, I have a price point and I don't want to go over that price point. But I know if it's especially, it's two versions, right? If it's a card I'm looking for that I've been looking for and I see it, I'm like, okay, I'm going to get this. It just depends how much I'm going to either, you know, pay at comps or over comps, but I want to get it. And again, if I show up and I see a card that I didn't even know existed, or I said, wow, that's a really cool card. Some cards I say, hey, let me look at that card. And when that card goes in my hand, I already know it's leaving with me. I just have to figure out, you know, if the price is going to be right. And a couple of times, it's not every card. I don't just go throw my money and say, whatever you say is I'm going to take it. Because I've, I've a couple of times I've had the card in my hand that I really wanted the card. And I said, hey, you know, can you do this? And they'd be like, no, not like I could do this instead or that instead. They, he's just like, no. And, and we all know that, you know, and dealers put a price on something in their, you know, everything's a little negotiable, maybe not a lot, but everything's a little negotiable. And I kind of get turned off if, you know, I, you know, someone's like, no, no. And kind of dismiss me. Like, you know, you should have known already that that card is whatever. And I handed the card back or I put it down or I walked away. I said, you know what, the, that, the, I'll find that card again. And, and there have been times where I, I couldn't get a deal done. And I talked about this going back, you know, a few months ago, back to the fall, um, where I was trying to buy uh, a Mario Lemieux rookie card and the dealer would just not work with me. And I'm just telling him, look, this, this is the comp on the card. And he's like, yeah, I don't care. And I literally bought the card on eBay at the show. I bought the card on eBay at the show for a better price, including what well, was free shipping, but including taxes, right? It was still a better price than what I would have paid him. So, you know, I understand I'm a dealer. I understand some cards that either you don't want to let go and for a little high on. And I, I always appreciate sports card therapists. He says this, he's taught me to say this. And I appreciate other dealers that say this is I'm high on that card right away, right off the beat. Just say, Hey, I'm high on that card. 
probably not going to let it go for anything less than what it's marked at. Because I'd probably rather keep the card. And I completely understand. Because as dealers, everybody has at least one card or more in their case that they feel that way about. And the longer I'm in the hobby and the longer I set up at shows and the longer I talk to dealers, the more I recognize, you know, that some of these cards like like a Gretzky rookie or a Lemieux rookie or a Brady rookie or, you know, something like that, that people kind of get attached to. And there is a price. It will sell for a price, but uh, it may not be the price you like. And if it's not, you know, you just move on because unless the cards are pop one or two or three or four, you know, which most of these cards aren't, you'll be able to find it somewhere else. It doesn't have, you don't have to like, I, I guess the point I'm making is, is, is I don't have to have this argument at a table with somebody because I understand how they're feeling about that card. And I felt the same way about cards. Um, One of the great things about being a dealer, right, is being able to really take the time in the morning to take an inventory of the room of all the cards that you would want to get or you would think about get about getting. It's a mental, I do this, it's a mental inventory. And I talk about when I, even as an attendee at shows, I'll walk a whole show before and I'll keep in mind, oh, you know, I like this Burrow card or I like this Brady card, whatever it is, but I'll just keep it in the back of my head as I'm moving on, as I'm moving on, as I'm moving on. And then I'll circle back around. Uh, my first pass around, I'll never make a sale. I'll never purchase anything my first pass. I may talk to people about it and I may be the person that comes back and the card is gone. Right. And, and it's happened to be a number of times. Um, but I'll look at a card and, and in the mornings take a mental note. And then the afternoon I'll take a walk back around it slows down. I'm usually set up with somebody who's, Hey, can you watch my table? I want to just take a quick walk around and I'll go back and look for it. And if I see it still there in the case, I'll be like, okay, so now maybe we'll, you know, I can work a deal on it. Sometimes I go back and I'll say, Oh, did you sell the, and they'll be like, oh, yeah, I sold that card. Or no, I ended up taking it out of my case because people were lowballing me or, you know, anything. But at least at least I knew it was there and I tried to go back and get it. But even better as a deal, as a dealer, right? When you're set up, the cards come to you. And people come in. And this is why... I don't, one of the reasons I don't overspend in the morning because I want to kind of keep my cash that I'm coming with because I'm hoping these great cards are going to show up at my table that I can purchase. Um, and everybody's Zion case, everybody, and I say Zion cases, there's backpacks, there's Tupperware, there's, I've seen some really creative ways to carry cards, but all those things that show up at your table right? They're just like everybody else's case in this room, just like everybody else's case in the room. And the deals are better for most of those cards. In those cases, the deals are better. So even though I'm a dealer selling at a show, I really become a shopper, 
right? Because for, for, for more than 50% of that day, I'm shopping, I'm going through people's cases, I'm looking at their cards. And if you've been to any card shows, you understand what I mean. Everybody's just walking around. And there's people that just literally go from table to table with, you know, one card in each hand, are you buying and just holding up two cards, one card in each hand. And just to give you, just so you know, you don't have to take it. And no, yes, no, no, it's not what I'm looking for. Or yeah, let me take a look at that card. You know, they, they don't want to waste your time any more than you don't want to waste their time. And especially in a busy room, right? So you'd be talking to this person and going on to the next person. Somebody may just put their hand up over the, Hey, you interested in this card? No, they'll move on. But to me, that's part of the, the best part about setting up, I mean, we're, we're, we're there to sell things, but I talk, I've talked about this sometimes I, I'm buy, I spend more money buying than I do selling at a show, um, good or bad, right? Because sooner or later I have to sell some of this stuff. Um, but it's just amazing how many things, how many deals, better deals show up at your table, uh, than, any deal, you're probably going to get a case in a case in that room. Um, and remember, there's a lot of expense. I know I have this expense. I paid for the table. I've set up there. So there's expense and we all have expenses to pay to be there. You know, some of us travel further than others and things like that. So, you know, when when somebody's showing up at my my table and they have a card that I like and I say, what are you looking to get on it? And if they're at 100 percent or 110 percent comps, I, we're not even close. We're not even close because you know what? I've paid to be here. I paid to have the space to be here. You, you, you paid a few dollars to get in. If that's what you're at the card, that's fine. But that's not a card I can buy. Um, and I always get amused that, you know, somebody will come in and they'll be like, oh, yeah, you know, I want 90% comps or 90 95% comps or, you know, whatever number kind of they throw out there on a card, right? And then immediately they'll be like, oh, well, will you take for this card? And they'll be, they'll, they'll want to sell me their card in the 90 or 95 or 100% comps, but they want to buy my card at 70% a comp. Or, and I'll start laughing and I'll be like, okay, come on. You, you, you got to get either way. You got to give in. You, you can't. You can't get 100% for your card and 70% for mine, uh, because I, I I can't. You know what? I can't buy these cards at 50% or 60%. So I can't sell them to you at that. Um, and it's a dance, right? It's an all day dance as a dealer. I mean, we're just there dancing all day. Uh, the busier the show, the more you're dancing. And and. I like it like that. I, I nothing worse than a slow show, and uh, I haven't seen one of those in a long time. And and I really I don't expect to see one of those for an awful long time now. Um, and people talk about the, uh, you know, the 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 hobby being alive and well. Seriously, seriously, it is alive and well. Um, if I don't get tables moving forward, I like I've been reaching out to people. I talk to people you know, online. Uh, and I'm always like, like, look, like, just, can I get a case? Do you have a, do you have a space? Just let me set up a case. Um, I would be happy with that. You know, just, just if, you know, on some of these bigger shows, you can, I, I apply to some of these shows, you know, the bigger shows and, you know, they, they only have a few extra open tables for, from this show to the next. Um, I tried to, I talked about, you know, possibly getting in to do the, uh, to do the Dallas show. Um, and that really didn't, you know, that really didn't work out. 
um, because there's a lot of travel involved. Uh, so if you start buying, you know, plane tickets like a Burbank show or a Mint Collective show in Las Vegas or the Chicago Spectacular, there's just a lot involved. It's it's easier. Um, it's easier to be able to get in a car and drive to some of these shows. But when you're when you've got a when you've got to fly, you're very limited of what you can bring as far as inventory um, to a show. And everything's got to kind of come together, right? It has to make sense. Uh, and that was the problem with the Dallas show. The you know the money I had to put out just to get there, it just it just didn't make sense to get there um, to go to that show. But I've been I've been talking with somebody about some future show, uh, the the Chantilly show in June. I think I've got some table space um, for that, so I'm excited. There's another show I haven't been to before, so I could add that to my list of shows that I'm attending that I haven't been to. Um, but yeah, it. I think moving forward for me to go to any of these shows, I really need, even if it's just one case space, right? Just, just, just so, um, just so I have a place to retreat to and I have a way to, you know, make some money to make some money in, 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 in selling the cards. Right. Um, and, and it's all about the connections you make too. like the more shows I do, the more people I connect with. Um, and certain people do certain shows. I, you know, I, I, do shows with people who only do the big shows, Dallas, Burbank, Chicago, uh, and, and maybe one or two here in the, on the East coast. Uh, and then there's other people that do all, all the local shows, kind of like what I do every local show up in this area. Um, but when you, when you're doing these same shows over and over, it's great to see the people, but a lot of times you start seeing the same cards, uh, over and over too. So it's nice kind of just to get out and, and, you know, see what else is out there. So I'm excited about it. I'm excited about getting out. It was part, one of my goals at the beginning of the year is getting out to do some shows that I haven't been, been to before. And, and I've really, uh, stepped up and, and been true to my word in uh, in, in getting that done. Uh, I used to feel, you know, I used to feel the prices of tables, you know, at shows were a little inflated, but some of the things I've learned, you know, over the last few years is, you know, everybody pays the same for a table. So you show up at a table, if the tables are a hundred, 200, 300, five, whatever it is, everybody's paying the same. I've never complained. I've never complained about, about the cost of a table. Um, I just plan ahead. And I'll say that again, I plan ahead and you can't plan ahead enough, uh, especially when you're preparing for a show. Uh, and the better the plan, the more success at a show. So if you're paying for a table, paying for a table, even if it's a one case space, you have to, you have to, you know, cover that that money needs to be covered. So if you're going, if I'm going to a show where a table is very expensive, this is where I have to make a decision, right? Uh, is it worth it for me to pay for that table? Do I have enough inventory for the market that I'm going to, to be able to sell, to make everything happen? Or does this just become more of a hobby and say, I probably don't, and it's probably I, I may not make that money back, but I really want to go to this show. So 
I'm going to, I'm going to chalk it up to a learning experience. Uh, and I may have to pay for that entertainment that weekend, but I want to attend the show. So there's a couple different ways we can look at it, but you know what? Planning ahead. I mean, that is, that, that is the key, uh, and knowing the market, knowing where you're going to be, know the show. Uh, I, I talk to people all the time. I'm kind of a talker and I ask a lot of questions, uh, because I want to be as prepared as possible. So when I talk to somebody about a Philly show and when I talk to somebody um, about a Dallas show or a Fenway show, any of these shows, a Springfield show, a last show, you know, and I, I try to help people out to say, hey, this is what these shows are about. This is mostly what people are looking for. If you have this, if you have that. Uh, and, and every show is different. So I'm that person that's always reaching out to people, asking questions. Hey, what do you, what do you think of this show? You know, I've got one, one case. What should I be putting in it? Should I be bringing my hockey? Should I be bringing my football? Should I be bringing my pop culture? What do you think? What do you, what do you think is going to sell there? Um, and the communication between most people, right. Is, is just part of planning ahead. Um, and speaking of shows, I have four shows over the next five weeks. It's going to be a busy run for me. You're going to get a lot of content uh, because I'm I have, I'm going to have a lot of shows to talk about. Uh, but this weekend, I am setting up uh, in New Britain uh, this Sunday. Um, April 8th, I'm in Springfield, Mass., the New England sports card show. Uh, I've also been invited to speak on a panel uh, Saturday night after the show at the Basketball Hall of Fame. So I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, April 15th and 16th, I have the Hofstra show in Long Island. That's one of my favorites, probably one of the busier shows that I do. Uh, and then the weekend after that, I'm in Toronto, talked about going to Toronto. Um, so this Toronto show will be the only show at this point that I'll be attending that I don't have a table at, uh, or any table space, but I've reached out to a couple people that I know are setting up there to see if possibly for Saturday, I may be able to get some table space. So always working, always trying to get things done. So yeah, this is uh, this is my strategy as a you know my card show card show strategies you know as a dealer. I mean, I'm going to be walking too, but um, I like being I like having that retreat area behind the uh, behind the table. And I don't know how many other people feel like that. I mean, I'm sure there are a lot of people that feel like. This you know, have, feel like that to get a little overwhelmed with, 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 with the crowds. Um, but that's it. That's all I have for you today. Uh, I want to thank everyone for tuning in. And if you like what you hear, please like definitely subscribe. Most importantly, tell a friend and spread the word. And until next time, take care of yourselves and everyone around you.